It's funny, I'm like, where's the record? And it's the biggest button on the screen. When my brain goes into thinking mode, I start to lose the common common sense thing. So Ellie, welcome, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited that you found the time. I know you have so much going on in your world, Ellie. Before we jump into it, I want to give as I do context, but it'll be a little a little more than usual. And Ellie, please jump in as you're as you're listening because there's so much happening. You, the audience, thank you. But I'm going to stop calling you the audience because now I know how to call you. You're actually the innovators, right? What's happened over the last three to four months, we began to see patterns emerge. It's been amazing CMOs and amazing CHROs and CI. There's so many folks that have joined to help clarify. And what unites us as innovators? What are we trying to do? Well, we're all asking the question, how do we bring marketing into, right, internal the employee experience, marketing mindset specifically, and how do we accelerate adoption? That's how do we go faster while ensuring there's the ROI, meeting business objectives. And some are new to the conversation, you know, Capital One, HR Block, awesome, I look forward to speaking with you. Some, oh my goodness, you know, JT Symphony, AI, uh, Bennett, amazing conversations. So Ellie, we are going to be speaking to the innovators who want to accelerate adoption of marketing mindset into the employee experience. And you, Ellie, sorry, please. But hello, innovators. Hello, innovators. Hello, hello. Uh, And Ellie, like I, I met Ellie a few months ago, was blown away by her experiences and what she was going through at this specific moment in time with Seiko that she'll introduce us. And what we're going to cover, innovators, is how to promote and improve brand experience by improving internal communications. Internal communications is appearing across every innovator conversation. That's like a step one. If you don't nail that inside the employee experience, what are you gonna go after? So I wanna begin by learning, Ellie, what have been the biggest influences in your career to your current point of view because you have so much to bring into the conversation. What influenced you to, to get here? Right. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This is exciting conversation. And yes, it resonates because we just went through this and recognizing the importance of employee experience when you're going through a rebrand um, as significant and as big as ours was. You know, we took a 57 year old market research firm, very well known in the industry, to a new name, a new brand, a new look and feel. And this would not be possible if you didn't engage the employees. And we learned that very early on. Now there are, there are, you know, there are certain things that need to remain confidential while you're going in because, you know, rebranding a big, big brand like this takes months. It could take years. It took us nearly two years to, to go through a rebrand. So there's, you have to understand at what point, when do you engage the employees? When do you bring them in? Because you need them, you need to be there for them to be on the boat. You need them to be involved. Otherwise, when you externally launch, the message will fall flat if your employees can't talk about it, if they haven't really engaged with the brand promise, if they don't know how to communicate, and if they're not excited about it. So, along this journey, there were, you know, we were thinking about, okay, when do we bring in the employees? How many of them do we bring in? Right. Um, who can provide feedback along this journey. So we went through multiple steps of smalling with, starting with smaller groups where they were part of the positioning exercise, for example. Then they were part of 
hey, this, these are the new names that we are considering. Um, here's the look and feel that we want you to be comfortable with. Here's the positioning. So in every step of the journey, we were bringing a group of people for them to, to engage with us. I mean, I, I think right there, you're just like breaking a paradigm shift. For, for many who are listening. Now, I, I want to acknowledge, that I'm sure the CMO, you know, historically, they care about the employees, but they saw it as another activity done by somebody else. And when a brand was launched, I think there's even like, okay, well, we're launching an external facing brand. No, there's one brand, right? So perhaps you can briefly mention on, hey, there's executive buying to connect the dots between those two worlds because it is just such a, it's a common sense thing, but but not common action for sure. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, our all of us at the executive level, we were very engaged and we were very cognizant of the fact that you have to bring the employees along. Myself and the head of our, our chief, the chief of talent and recruitment, we were very much engaged in sync. And, you know, we, you know, there was a time that we decided, okay, at what point do we bring her in and get her team more engaged and start to create that internal process, internal communication. We even brought in an outside uh, assistant, a freelancer to help us who had a lot of experience in this type of launches and in internal communication, building internal engagement programs for the employees because we needed we need the help for you know what we were about to do. So with her help and the rest of the team's help, there were a lot of programs that were created internally. And along every part of this journey, every executive that needed to be involved at that point was involved. They were very much bought into it. We were very much in sync. Again, we created, I'll give you a few examples. We created, mm -hmm. before we launched, we created videos that engaged the employees. We created surveys and polls. We created um, contests, song contests to come up with Hey, how would you use Sago in a song? Or, you know, we created a, a, a song list. We did a lot of fun activities. And then a lot of our brand ambassadors, what we call from the very beginning, they created these internal videos to talk about why they're excited about Sago. What does Sago mean to them? And we were sharing these videos every week to just bring the employees along to not only, not just look at me and the head of HR and other executives talk about what a great brand this is, but hear from their peers, hear from their direct managers, right? Hear from their colleagues about what is so exciting about the new adventure and the new direction we're going into. So there were a lot of activities planned along the way. We couldn't bring them two years in advance, but we did bring them into the fold all the employees about two months in advance um, extraordinary extraordinary i have so many questions which is why i'm pausing i want to go here and here but let's start at, at the highest view you know when you think about a brand experience right, how, how do you how do you approach it how do, how do you define it yeah i think um one of the things is what is a brand promise what are we we know first of all and that promise is not just for external clients right your employees are your clients as well everyone is a customer so that brand promise has to resonate internally we have to believe in it before we can talk about it externally so you know if you don't nail the brand story if you don't nail the brand purpose and the brand promise that's a huge miss because that's what people have to buy into that's what you talk about i'm not going to go out and 
throw a bunch of jargon about, you know, you know, yes, you create a brand positioning, but that's very internal for us to understand what we're trying to do. I'm not going to go out there and, and tell you what my brand positioning is. What is our brand promises that they're going to deliver for you and for me as an employee? When I was writing the book, The Science of Story, years ago, um, I encountered many executives inside organizations. Anytime we talked about brand promise or brand positioning or values, it was like, oh, no, that's external. That's for our website. That, that's, that's to communicate to the market. We don't, we, yeah, we'll have a town hall. There'll be one meeting where we're going to script it perfectly, deliver it tightly, and kind of ask for feedback, but not really. Because we're not gonna we're not gonna do anything with that feedback, and that was kind of the norm. Hey, we had the town hall, we shared it. Look at us, right? And yeah. Ellie, what I really like is you're very like you, eloquently. You're able to communicate this clearly. You're you're not you're just like look. This is the promise. We need to understand it internally as well as externally. So, you and I talked about consumerization of the employee experience. I I, I forget. Have you, you probably have not heard that outside of our discussion, maybe that's the first time you've heard it, maybe it's not, but what was your, how did it resonate for you and what, how we're approaching it to reorient everything around, internally around the individual, the, the, the employee, the associate or the user, whether you think about it as a product, about around them as a human? Yeah, I, you know, consumerization of employee, if you really think about break that down to consumers, right? Again, you're treating your employees as a consumer. You have your internal stakeholders, you have this, your external stakeholders. There, there was a research on, I may be wrong, but I think it might have been a Forrester, about when you bring external customers along, they provide, you, be, you build loyalty when they feel as though their feedback, they, you listen to them, you brought them along the journey, and you took action based on their feedback. So they begin to see their impact in your brand. That's no different from an internal focus, right? If you're asking your employees for your feedback, if you bring them along the journey, um, if you, in, your engagement and journey begins the minute someone engages with you, right? So for an employee is the minute that they're brought on board, right? It starts that recruiting experience. It's, you know, it's the, what you do with them, you know, how you treat them and you personalize and you tailor to their experience while they're here. And same thing with the, with the rebranding. If you show them that they have an impact with the feedback that they're prov providing along the journey, they will believe in it. They will be loyal. They will show their excitement and happiness when they're talking to the customer. You know, you think about, I'll give you an example if you didn't really use, you know, if you didn't bring them on a long journey. Let's say we did with this rebranding, we didn't bring the employees along. Then we said, hey, here's a new brand. Get excited about it. Here's our logo and go out there and talk about it. You as whether you're a BD, you're standing at a conference booth or you're one of our facilities managers and clients are walking in. They go, hey, we rebranded. Why? If you haven't, if you're not excited, you haven't been brought into this journey, you're going to roll your eyes and go, I don't know. Like they just told me to start using this name or here's our new name. But, you know, with what we did, there was so much excitement about this new brand. There was so much engagement with it that truly our employees are really excited. So they're able to talk about it. 
Yeah, you know, maybe there's some programs you want to highlight. What, what? Let's just do- double down. I, I wanted to keep talking about the employee experience, but the more I think about it, the more I think that for our audience, it'd be interesting to see some of the approaches that, that you've taken in any order. Ali, you you can mention, hey, here's the big ones or or the ones that had the biggest impact. Just curious to add a little color. Yeah, I have to look at some of them. Um, so we had an activation plan. Sorry, I have to mm. my look at some of this stuff just to get the details in. Um, so we start with the activation and then there was, you know, we had a full, we had a, you know, for some of our more senior people, we had a launch, uh, we had a party launch as we were going in our annual kickoff. So those were your brand ambassadors. Now you got all the leaders who are engaged at, you know, three, four months in advance. And then you start to build this email engagement. Then you start to bring in um, the different executives to talk about it. Now you're starting to create those videos to talk about the importance of the brand. Now you start to bring in activities that engages them. You build workshops for them to attend and again, mm-hmm. exercise and learn how to talk about the new positioning and the new messaging and the brand promise. And you continue that. That doesn't end when the brand is launched. That is a continuous effort to make sure that employees are continuously engaged they understand what we're trying to achieve. Um, they understand the goal and they can ask questions. And if there's any hesitancy or if there's anything that they're here, they're kind of providing that feedback to us as well so we can act on it and we can we can improve the experience. So, and we're still continuing to kind of ideate on what are other ways that we can get folks excited and keep them continue, you know, keep them engaged in, in the new brand that we're creating. And it goes beyond the brand, right? This really taught us a lesson about what you're talking about, the consumerization of employee, the employee experience. How do we continue to see things like this, programs like this, just to get our employees more involved and feel, help them feel more valued as a, as a, as a team? Totally, totally. And, and I think about the word employee experience and just, I mean, internal communications, we, we, we brief, briefly mentioned that, that that's, that's a huge element. There's onboarding, there, or even before that, there's recruiting, there's performance management. Ellie, do you see like all of us working toward this bridge of customer experience to employee experience? Like, how do we take the things that work well on this side and then bring those that are relevant to specific employee experience and translate it into touch points the way we do with customers. Yeah. And then right back, that EX is now influencing CX. Depends on the industry, in some cases more and in some less, mm-hmm. but it's almost like a two-way bridge. Would you mm-hmm. agree? Uh, absolutely. I think the same way that we, especially in marketing, we try to measure all the touch points, the journey for a consumer, what the data is telling us about that journey. That has applications internally as well. It does take, you know, change in processes. First of all, it takes a change in mindset, right? Shifting mindset that evaluating the the employee experience has impact on externally, right? But once you have that, then you have to invest in it. So, you know, you have to invest in programs. You have to invest in internal communication. You might have to invest in technology to kind of watch that that journey and what are those. How do you create that personalization? That might take investment in headcount to really focus on the employee experience, learning and development program, running surveys, the NPS, right, to try to understand um, what your employees value and, and you know, what, what it means to them. It goes beyond, you know, having to understand a lot of times um, organizations try to throw money to, to maintain retention. It's like, oh, but it really, if you if you listen to employees, 
a lot of times it goes beyond money. It's the, you know, what, what keeps them here, right? What's the, what keeps them working with you? So understanding all these different um, experiences and how they value along their journey, you can have personalized experiences. There might be an application for AI into this, right? That, you know, there's, we're talking about internal communication. We're talking about constantly creating content of interest to them. There's an opportunity with AI to, to maybe learn about the behavior kind of similarly that we're applying it to our, our, you know, learning about our customers, but also creating content that might be more personalized to you as Adam to me as Ellie along that journey. So I think there's a lot of different innovative ways that we can talk about and think about this. You just look, you're blowing my mind. You're seeing slides that I, it's as if you're looking at all that I see and you're extracting the brilliance of it. The, the, you know, what you said is we, we need to invest into it. I've been thinking about is, are we investing into the adoption of the marketing mindset, right? To the employee experience. Like that, that is the, you, you and then AI, David at West Monroe, Symphony, JT, if you're listening, Symphony AI, like we've been having these discussions of ultimately, right, data on one side, touch point, nudge, whatever little thing on the other side. And in between, we're living at an age where everything will be like it was electrified at some point in the past. It's about to have AI. I'm sorry, Ali. I was just like, oh, I needed, I needed to comment on what you just said because it's so... It's so spot on. Uh, more thoughts there before I, I go to the next kind of the next thought. I, yeah, I think it's just there's a fear of AI. And when I talk about it, uh, watching AI and, and the employee behavior, it's like, oh, my God, more big brother watching us. But it doesn't necessarily need to be at that granular level. Right. Um, but I think AI is here to stay. It, it's yes, there is more probably more headcount to make sure that AI is compliant, that AI is you know not stepping out of bounds. Right. So there's a lot of opportunities, but yes, there's a lot of checks and balances that you have to put on top of that AI to make sure that it's providing what it's providing, but not more than it should be. Totally. And innovators, we've all had this conversation. It almost comes up every time. It's like a little, like little, little buzzing sound. Like, hey, of course, big brother, how's the data going to be used? Responsibility, governance. Are we going to comply with laws both here and internationally? I have multiple chief data officers that I'm going to be bringing on. We're going to have folks from Microsoft come on and talk about, hey, here's how to approach it. So the rest of the conversation, we're focusing on the excitement of this innovation while fully understanding much attention needs to be given to the concerns around it as well and responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. um, internal communications, going back to that, as an, as like, it's almost like a foundational employee experience. If you don't nail that, it doesn't matter if you nail everything else, right? What do you think is the, how can we improve it? You already mentioned a bit. You said personalization. You kind of touched on, you know, people process technology. When we think about transformation, who are the people? We need to potentially improve headcount. What is the process they're going to follow? What, and you said, what technology would they be working with? Is there, how do you think about those things in broader strokes? Either what's the end goal destination that you're seeing in your vision or, or marginal improvements along the way? Because we know, like with customers, this is not a little sprint. It's a journey. We're going to continue to make it better and better. How do you approach it, Ellie? Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it's interesting because internal communication, even if you were thinking about it externally, right? right we, we keep talking about it in marketing, 
email is king, email is not dead, right? But we all know that all our inboxes is full of emails that we don't necessarily engage with. We engage with them when we need something. So that that's the same thing. A lot of times when we think about internal communication, we think, oh, well, let's send them more emails and update them, where at some point it just goes, right? Like, I don't have time, right? I got to go sell things. So I don't have time to read 10 emails a day about new processes or how. So you have to find different ways. And this is why, you know, in our program, we got creative with, with videos, with polls, with different things to try to engage more people. Because if you're just feeding them information, yes, everybody has an intranet. Um, how many employees go to the intranet and actually access information? You got the email system, but you got to do it all. You got to do it all, but you have to find, um, and again, going back to, is there a way to personalize? Maybe there's an opportunity to find that. Adam likes to get information on a video where Ellie likes to take 10 minutes in the morning and just scan all her emails, but you got to be in all these channels. The same way we approach an external communication. You know, you, you put things on social media, you put this in an email, you try, you know, you, you pay for your paid Google search ad. We try to send the message out to probably the same people via multiple mediums. Same thing with internal communication. People are busy, right? Um, and you need to find what works, but you got to keep trying and learning from that. Totally. And, and you are you know ahead of the the pack in terms of innovations and what you're doing right which is the fact that even the cmos involved and in bringing that mindset is already you know lightning years ahead of the of the industry now i'm going to share with you a thought that's coming up from the innovators that are thinking about what's next and i'd love your reaction so when we think about personalization mm. it's about understanding them empathy empathy is found through data so we've been asking the question over and over again, what data, what data? So then we said, okay, well, a marketer may say all data. I'll figure out what's relevant later. I'll look at this, at the data. So we began to, I'm not saying that's the case. And again, big brother response. There's a lot. I'm not talking about collecting new data, but we started asking to personalize internal communications. Okay. Could you take the payroll data, like their role, how long they've been with the company, you know, location, who they report to. Can you then look at potentially collaboration data, who they communicate with, start thinking about influencers, start thinking about, you know, are they in office? Are they, can you pair that with project management? How busy they are? Is unification of data step one toward a journey of um, personalization or would you approach it differently? interesting well i mean honestly i hadn't thought about it in all those different ways but you know even in marketing we still struggle with data and unification of data and personalizing based on that um i probably said this maybe even 10 15 years ago when we we're talking about data i said i'm looking for that holy grail where you try you bring all the data and you turn it into something that makes sense to you and that still doesn't exist right there's there's a lot of that you know Technologies out there trying, but really it doesn't really exist. You're still to a point, you know, a lot of companies try to create their own BI to capture all this. And, but the reason for that is it doesn't really exist at that level. Same challenge will be internally as well. How do you, how do you unify all that data for it to be meaningful? And then how do you, um, 
have somebody that understands, can analyze and interpret. There's an analyzation, there's an interpretation, and there's a recommendation. And sometimes not all those skills sit within one person. So now, again, you're talking about multiple layers to try to get at that. But I'm sure there are maybe steps that we can take. All that data, all that feedback exists somewhere. So I think all those things you pointed out to, very interesting to, to look at all that and try to understand Adam. Okay, what is what is Adam engaged with? How long has he been here? Yes, we, we can't get into a lot of the personal information, but that's no different from when we talk about a client and you don't look at some of that personal information. When you're, you track a customer online, there's certain information that you don't capture. There's mm-hmm. you, 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 you try to understand and capture what they're willing to give you. And that's totally. the same thing that has to apply here to mm-hmm. make sure that they're willing to share that, knowing that you're going to take some action on that, on that information. But there could be a lot of opportunities if you start small as somebody who's been here 15 years versus somebody who's been here one year, right? Somebody who joined you because of these aspects 15 years ago and is still here versus somebody who joined a year ago because now you have remote work. All of those things, you you know, um, yeah, they could build a story. All of the innovators that are working in Single Source of Truth, Jeff Altimetric talking to you and, and Dave West Monroe partners, that all of our discussions and Andre with what you're doing with Microsoft, like that's, you're so right, Ali, that's the opportunity. So that was, that was great encouragement for the innovators that are working to solve that. Because if we can solve that, then, and the other side is the touch point, is the nudge, is something very tiny. And in between is where you now have analytics as you I mean that's it with the same person one person is running the data maybe somebody else is evaluating then delivering interventions or, or acting on this data then measuring impact right and, and, and that's where I kind of wanted to go next is thinking about resources you already mentioned it you were like what if we you know at some point invest in more into that could you jump a little further out like what what do you think ideally is this like a marketing team similar skill sets similar capabilities where would we end up or, or how would you, in broader strokes, how would you think yeah. about this internal team and where would they report to and yeah. probably dotted line to other areas? Yeah, it's interesting because I've, I've been watching and reading this conversation going around, should marketing and HR be the same team reporting up to the same person? I'm not on that boat. The same mm-hmm. way I don't think that marketing and sales um, should sit because these are huge areas with big focuses. And if you try to combine them, you, one will give to the other, right? So, but but this, you know, employee experience very much sits in the middle of HR and marketing. So wherever it sits, I think there has to be a huge collaboration. Otherwise it doesn't work. You know, HR has to focus on a lot of compliance and benefits and recruiting. And, you, you know, there's a lot that happens there that me as a CMO don't even want to touch and all, right? It's like, no, but when you talk about a brand experience, that's where marketing has expertise that, you know, so if you talk about a single headcount, let's say employee brand experience or employee experience, I can very much, I can make the case for, for where it would sit, but yeah, it makes sense that maybe it sits in marketing with a dotted line to HR. When you're talking about adding multiple headcounts, um, 
again, you can argue that if you're talking about analytics of it, you're talking about the experience of it, all of those can sit within marketing with the dotted line to HR. But again, wherever it sits, I think that particular piece creates that huge need for collaboration between the two because otherwise it fails. Internal communication is another role that a lot of, depending on the organization, can sit within marketing, can sit within HR. It depends on who has more resources, right? Um, but even for, for us, it doesn't sit within my team, but it's a huge collaboration when there are things that marketing can help. Um, so I don't, I don't have an answer of where that team, I think it depends on the organization, but my point is that you should never combine HR and marketing thinking only of the employee experience. You actually inspired the best performing short that I've done. And I only started shorts a couple of weeks ago and it's not a lot. We received, I think it's 700 views. So it's a small, you know, small audience. But when you and I had this debate combining uh, marketing and, and, and you had kind of as, uh, you know, a, a passionate of responses you just did, um, I started digging further and thinking more and reading more and bringing this up to more guests. And then I found a quote that said, hey, what's the difference between sales and marketing? Because you, at that time, you told me, you said, Adam, we fought hard. Your marketing is a function of its own. And I remember that conversation. I was going over the notes. And uh, the difference between sales and marketing is that sales owns the relationship, but marketing owns the message, was the quote. And I thought it was interesting, and that's the short I did, to then say, what is the difference between marketing and HR? Right? If we apply that same logic, we're not combining them. I am completely, I've come around, Ellie. There's no combining. I totally agree. But... What is, if we say HR owns the relationship and marketing owns the message mm -hmm. and the same, and the message is both internal and external is owned by one entity leading to one brand, maybe we got something. What do you, what do you think? I like that. I think that makes sense. I like it. Um, so that let, let's go back to the team that we're looking we're talking about that sits in between and by the way dan banfield there's a number of, of folks that i've talked to that already started down this path they call it either employee experience employee value proposition michelle wax so we've got a we've got a few that we're monitoring first hire second like let's go a little further do we think there's an analytics piece a content piece and creative piece is there a technology someone who's sitting on top of integrations and how does data flows broad stroke and then do we at that point bring in the cto or the cio into the conversation and say hey the way you're supporting us on marketing externally we'd like the same please for internal audiences yeah. with me ellie yeah um i think you can start with content and program right somebody who can create a content can create programs because you have to show the value first let's say your organization hasn't already bought into yeah i'm willing to give you five headcounts plus a technology and because you need to go to this i'm betting especially in this environment a lot of organizations aren't thinking about employee experience and they're thinking about how do we get sales we got to you know get more revenue but they're not they're not connecting the dots to here with the employee experience so to, to start small, you got to show value. You got to bring in the programs and say, hey, if we do X, if we engage more employees to do this, here's the impact that we're seeing. And the impact may not necessarily be that obvious because you don't have a technology in place and it's not directed to Salesforce to say, oh, employees are happy they did this, hence you got this number of opportunities. But using things like, NPS, using things like more research internally, right? 
to understand happiness or satisfaction and watching if that has an impact on your business, that's where you can start. And when you can prove that, then you can ask for the technology. Then you can ask for a technician who can run that technology and also understand the data. Maybe you can, that's when you bring in your CTO to have that conversation. So I think you have to start small showing impact, which is the same way marketing teams were built, right? The, the small group that's listening, the innovators that are prepared to accelerate adoption, there it is. We've talked about it briefly. Ali's validating it. One is it's got to start small, but it has to have the eye on the prize, which is impact on the employee, on the customer experience. You need, that has to be inherent in whatever you do. Even if the starting small, you can't yet bring the data together, and, but you have to have the eye on the prize saying, if this goes well, here's how we're going to measure it. The next step is getting closer to the customer experience. Um, and they, that test or those tests, Ellie, would you run them on internal comms first or would you look at recruiting on perform like, or does it depend on the organization? What aspect of the employee experience would you look at uh, first uh, if there is such a such a thing? Yeah, I, it depends on organizations. Now, you know, organizations like us who provide research, you know, we, pro, you know, we, for example, provide multiple solutions that you can either run it yourself or you bring in an expert to run but i think that continuous listening continuously listening to your to your to your employees that's very important in this process whether you build a team whether you build an, you know build the tech you know bring a technology around it, it it starts with listening you have to listen and that starts with how do you listen you know in what medium what channel do you use to listen that you know that can vary across organization and what they have internally but there's also firms like us that are available to come in and help you listen, mm-hmm. same way and, you would listen to a customer. And and how, how do you do that? Just just if you could sharing with the audience an overview, how how would you help them listen as a as an organization? Yeah, I mean, you know, surveys are one one part of it, right? The NPS score, um, you can run that internally to listen to to your, you know, there's a lot of feedback channels that you can provide um, for, you know, with authenticity and taking that fear barrier away, whether you have to make it anonymous, right? Or so those are things to consider because there's a hesitation in, in employees providing feedback. But once again, you, you remove that fear barrier, there's a lot of different ways that you could listen. I would start with, you know, you can start with surveys, then you can, you as they become more comfortable, you start with doing um, meetings that people will bring in their ideas and their feedback. You know, you open um, there's a lot of different channels you could create internally. You can dedicate a person. Um, you know, I think at one of the organizations I was with many, many years ago, a tech firm, I ran their um, internal employee survey, mm. which happened every quarter and employees truly engaged with it and based on, and I would analyze all this data and provide it and based on this feedback, the organization would take actions um, or mm. You know, share feedback. Here's what we're hearing. Here's what we can or cannot do based on your feedback. So that open communication and eventually there was this hesitation. It was like, oh, they say it's anonymous, but how do I know? But eventually people got comfortable with it. And that helped open up more open communication and feedback that really is deal. That's how you build that connection. That's how you build that trust. Yeah. If an organization is not listening, it doesn't care. 
Okay. Yeah. If they, and if they're listening, what are they doing about that listening to ensure that they're not just listening, they actually care? Um, Ellie, I'm, uh, run, I mean, in other words, you could run simple polls on different topics, right? Mm -hmm. It's a very mm -hmm. quick way to understand on this topic, how do people feel? Mm -hmm. You know, very easy. Totally, totally. Um, thinking back to the, the point of running experiments, um, and just thinking about the world of marketing, I want to introduce another concept to bridge between customer experience and employee experience and get your take, which is prioritizing audiences, right? When we think about the world, of, where do you invest with your customers? Where you think about the different audiences, whether based on need, based on, you know, opportunity, there's all kinds of ways to, to think about it. So because I've had so many conversations on the employee experience side, um, especially with change management, L&D folks, the audience of managers keeps coming up as and, and it makes sense we had Gallup on and they talked about hey you know 70% of the employee experience is the manager Ellie when you think about the marketing mindset inside the employee experience do you think about audiences in a kind of linear or do are you are you thinking about high performers low performers do you think about those in front lines or those on sales is there a sequence that you would consider applying to start running tests because we know tests are really important and if you don't apply to the right audiences you may not be set up for success yeah i do think it's important to listen to audiences at all levels right and with bigger picture you have to start again you have to you have to include everyone if i had you know, with the rebranding, if we had just focused on our VPs and above in this journey, um, you know, the person running a facility, as I mentioned in my experience, didn't feel included, they wouldn't be happy when somebody walked in and say, oh, you're, you have a new name. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. So you have to listen. You have to listen to at all level. You can start very broad, you know, a broad stroke of we're, we're listening to you based on this. But at some point, when you start to get that feedback, then you can person that goes back to personalization. Now, how do I hone in more into these different topics? Because the manager's concerns might be different from your frontline um, employee or a technician in the back end, right? So that's when you kind of start to create those digging, dig, you know, digging in deeper, understanding more, getting more feedback based on that topic, and build programs around it. Goes back to personalization. So I wouldn't say I understand that it might be more feasible. It's like, well, let's start with low performers. We're trying to understand why they're not selling. But that's not employee experience, right? That's sales experience. That is a customer experience. Mm -hmm. It's not trying to change your culture or improve your culture or understand your culture. So you got it. You got to initially listen to all. But you have to have a plan. What are you trying to listen for? that it applies to every single person in an organization? And then how do you build on top of that? Awesome. And I just did a time check and I'm like, wait a sec, there's no way. There's no way. I, I've got about another 100 questions and, and I want to learn from you, Ali. So um, what I'd like to do is uh, ask you for a, one piece of advice for our audience on this journey. But, but before you do, I just want to remind everyone, kind of give you 30 seconds to think about it. Ali's just brought something into our world. We've got a very seasoned, successful CMO that just went through a substantial rebrand, re Sago, of an amazing global global brand that talked to us about the importance of internal communication, right? That we've discussed this before. You got to start there. That introduced the, the idea that this team will sit in between, right? Between the CMO, I shouldn't say introduced, reintroduced, re validated for us. 
the, 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 a lot of you are on this path already to accelerate adoption. Yes, there's going to have to be dedicated. Re- run small tests. Focus on the employee experience impact where possible, right? And we did venture a little bit of the conversation toward data, unification with responsibility, and all of the disclaimers that are important. But data is something those of you who are looking to solve are solving. You're on the right path. So, Ellie, what piece of advice would you give to to our audience for them to continue their innovators' journeys? You, you know, treat your employees like you would your customers. They're also your customers because every employee has a voice. Every employee will communicate externally and they can be your brand ambassador. And if you fail to include them, you fail to you fail with your brand promise and what you're trying to show and, and uh, communicate externally to your audience. And you said treat, like don't say you care about treat, do, do the, the hard work. Absolutely. Ellie, this has been amazing. I know you have a million things going on in your world. Thank you for taking the time on behalf of, you know, not just myself, but all of the innovators in our community. Thank you so much. Thanks for inviting me. All right. Over and out.